Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Family's Fly Free Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. So today we're going to begin a two-part series where we're going to be chatting about some destinations you may want to add to your list to visit in 2024. And this is a great time of year to do it. We're just kicking off the year. You're probably thinking about where you'd like to visit this year. And so hopefully this will spark some ideas for you. So today I'm going to talk through five international destinations that I would recommend. And then next week I'm bringing on my friend and Leslie Peterson from 365atlantatraveler.com. And she and I are going to talk about some destinations that we both recommend visiting within the U.S. So let's jump into today. I have put together a list of five international destinations, and I really kept this within the Caribbean and Europe because that's what Families Fly Free really specializes in, is how to fly free within the U.S., the Caribbean, and Europe. And then you can branch out from there for sure if you want, but those are destinations that are the easiest to fly to for free using miles and points. And so because we like to keep things simple, we like to focus on those. Um, because if you haven't traveled very extensively, just those three places can last you a long time, perhaps your whole life <laughs> as well. Um, okay, so let's get started here. So the first one that I have put on my list is Grand Cayman. And this is the first Caribbean destination that my family visited um, ever. And once we learned how to fly for free, and it's still my favorite Caribbean destination to this day. And um, because of that, I always highly recommend it uh, for lots of reasons. And so I've seen a lot of our families fly free members um, take that recommendation. And um, a lot of them are planning trips to Grand Cayman this year. It is certainly a great um, option if you love the beach, if you um, are looking for some warm weather for spring break, or you know you love snorkeling and scuba diving. There is so much to do there, and it's very easy to access, um, particularly from the East Coast, um, and, and for us even in the Midwest. So when we go to the Caribbean, of course, Southwest does fly to Grand Cayman. And so usually if you if you know what you're doing, you can work some pretty good deals to fly there for very, very few points. Um, you can fly, they usually fly out of Fort Lauderdale. I think they're now shifting more operations um, to the Caribbean, to Orlando. So you'd want to check those two airports. But usually from those two airports, you can get some really cheap deals um, if you're willing to fly on a day that's a little bit fewer points. Um, and then you can work on getting your flights booked from your home destination to that particular airport. But I really like Grand Cayman because I um, feel like it is super pretty. 
It has that beautiful blue Caribbean water. That was the first time I'd ever seen that Caribbean water um, when we went to Grand Cayman. And I, and I really was floored. Um, and I still love that beautiful blue water to this day. Um, and it's very safe. Um, that's another reason why I recommend visiting Grand Cayman because there are some Caribbean destinations where you really do need to be careful. And um, Turks and Caicos was one that I did, recorded a podcast about last year after we went in February. Um, and so you you do, of course, you need to be cautious and careful and be aware of your surroundings anywhere. But um, Grand Cayman certainly felt a lot safer to me than Turks and Caicos. And Grand Cayman is very, um, for good or for bad, Americanized. And so if, if you haven't done a lot of international travel, this is a great place to no pun intended, dip your toe in the water um, because it just feels like you're still in the United States. It has a lot of the same um, chain restaurants that you would have in the U.S. Um, it has good food that's not super exotic. Um, if you want to venture into, they have a great dining scene there. And so we ate at a lot of local restaurants that were very good. Um, and so it just doesn't feel um, terribly foreign. You feel really do feel like you're still in the U.S. Um, there's a lot of hotel options there um, from the major chains if you want to book in points. Uh, so when we went, we stayed at the Kempton Seafire, which is a amazing property. It's definitely one of Kempton's flagship properties for sure. And we would highly recommend that. It is a lot of points, though. Um, so you do need to have a strategy to get yourself booked in points, if that's your plan, if you want to book it for free. Um, and in terms of the places that we've done snorkeling and scuba diving, um, Grand Cayman is far and above the best of all the places we've been. Um, certainly a lot better than Hawaii. Hawaii, at least in Kauai and Maui, in my experience, um, was not fantastic on the snorkeling. Um, we didn't do any scuba diving there, but um, we love seeing the sea turtles in Hawaii. That was amazing for sure. But in terms of like the fish and the colorful fish and the seaweed and all of that, like Grand Cayman is really is amazing. And uh, my husband and son did some scuba diving in Grand Cayman. Um, I did not, but they said it was stunning. Um, you know, like there's giant walls underwater that you go over and they saw all kinds. They certainly saw turtles there too, but all kinds of more amazing um, sea life as well. And if you want some really good scuba diving, you need to head over to the east part of Grand Cayman. Um, and so we kind of broke our trip up into staying a couple days over there at one of the scuba diving resorts that we booked, I think, through um, Verbo. And then we stayed um, the majority of the trip, though, on the west side of Grand Cayman, um, which is where the, is the most popular area and where most things are. So um, certainly consider adding Grand Cayman to your list if you like Caribbean, if you like beach, if you like warm weather, if you like snorkeling and scuba diving. Um, and one last thing I'll say about it is um, most of the things we did there were totally free because throughout the island, you literally can just hop in the water anywhere and go snorkeling. Um, and we went to um, Rum Point is another thing you can do there. That's beautiful. Um, and we went to an area, I forget what it's called, but where there's just tons of starfish under the water and you have to pick them up in a certain way so you don't harm them. But there's so many fun things like that to do um, that are just totally free that you can just do by hopping in the water. And Stingray City is another popular thing to do there. And that is, you would have to pay to hire a boat um, to go out there. It's like a sandbar, but you can't reach it from, from the beach. 
um, unless you're in a boat. And that's where the stingrays have kind of been trained to, to come there for food. And so you can swim among the stingrays, which is certainly a unique experience. All right, so let's move on from Grand Cayman. I probably could talk about it all day, but I just see lots of people um, interested in that. And um, and I do have a full webinar in Families Fly Free all about Grand Cayman in detail and my recommendations uh, for what to see and do and where to eat there. All right, number two on my list is Ireland. Um, and so we have a post up in the Families Fly Free community where we asked people where they are planning to travel in 2024. And so Grand Cayman was definitely a popular one. And another popular one that I've seen both last year and this year is Ireland. Uh, we definitely saw last summer interest in uh, international travel, you know, just go bonkers, if you will, um, because the final, I think, release of the pent up travel desire from COVID, more people, most people felt comfortable traveling internationally last year, last summer, at least those who wanted to. And so we, you know, we all saw how busy um, Europe was. And I um, interviewed um, the representative from the tour guy, and he talked about how crazy it was in Italy and Rome and everything last summer. Um, so hopefully things will settle down a little bit this year. I'm not sure how much. I think we're still seeing that. I still see a lot of people talking about going to Europe this year. But what's great about Ireland is it's so easy to get to from the East Coast. And so when we go to Europe, we usually do stop in New York City, um, both a night going and a night coming. So we don't have quite as long of a flight straight from Indianapolis to wherever we're going in Europe. That So that's two reasons to do that. One is it's a quicker flight. And the second, it's usually cheaper. You can get cheaper deals out of New York City to fly to Europe. And then we know how to work the system to get from Indianapolis to New York for free, um, for cheap on points uh, as well. So Ireland's only like a five-hour flight from the East Coast. So from Boston, from DC, from New York City, um, any of those major East Coast hubs, it's pretty easy to just hop over. And so for us, that's about the same as us flying from Indianapolis to LA. Um, certainly would be if you're flying from the East Coast to LA. And so it's a good, you literally can do it um, as a week, long weekend, even if you wanted to. And generally flights to Ireland and London, I was watching them all last year, um, are by far the cheapest flights that you're going to find to Europe. So that's a way you can get yourself over to Europe. Um for very cheaply uh, and and had that experience. And the first time we went to Europe as a whole family, we intentionally went to Dublin first because it was the cheapest way to do it. And then from there, we took um, European, like intra-European airlines out of Dublin to get where else we needed to go because um, it's much cheaper once you're over there. If you can take a train, great, but it's hard to take a train from Dublin to Paris or um, to you know Italy, for example. But so um, then there's so much to see and do in Ireland. We really have only experienced Dublin and we really only had a day there, but we saw the highlights of Dublin. But Cami on my team um, has been to Ireland numerous times and they have really circumnavigated Ireland, which is an island, um, by car. And so she has an amazing webinar inside of Families Fly Free where she goes through all the different beautiful things there are to see on the coast of Ireland and the different parts of Ireland. They're truly, um, I'm dying to go back and see some of these amazing, you know, coastal things that you can see. 
um, just look absolutely stunning. And of course, who doesn't love Irish music and the culture um, and they speak English. And so um, that's another reason that it can be a good first time outing if you're going to be flying for the first time internationally, or if you're just are a little bit uncomfortable um, going somewhere where they don't, they don't speak English as their native language. Um, and we have a full itinerary and families fly free um, for what to see and do in Dublin as well. Um, and so I just saw lots of people who had interest in going to Ireland this year. And so I thought I would bring that one up as a, as a top one for 2024. Okay. Third on my list is Costa Rica. And um, this is someplace we've had our eye on for a long time. And we just have never ended up picking it as um, a destination we have visited yet. But uh, it, last year, we had a Families Fly Free member, Cheryl, um, whom I've interviewed on the podcast in the past. She and her family did an amazing trip to Costa Rica, and she led a webinar, um, which all these webinars are in there. If you decide to join us in Families Fly Free, if you're not yet a member, uh, you get access to those as soon as you join. And we have a private podcast as well, where we um, put all of our webinars up on as an audio file and on the private podcast in case you would rather listen to things instead of watch things. But you have the either choice, um, whatever you prefer. But she did an amazing webinar all about their trip to Costa Rica. They did the majority of it in points, um, including their hotels, really detailed out um, where they flew in, how they flew out, how you deal with rental cars there. Um, the safety of driving from place to place, um, dealing with the language differences. Um, but she just had wonderful things to say about it. Um, had some beautiful pictures of, you know, the volcanoes there um, and the different uh, sloths. They went on a sloth tour and all the different wildlife they got to see, which kids generally love that. Um, and so she really, I always, uh, with Costa Rica, felt like it was a little bit difficult to get my arms around how to navigate all of the, because you really need to get to different parts of the country to kind of see all of the main things it has to offer. And so I felt like she did a great job. She helped me feel more, more comfortable that um, in giving me a structure of how they did it, um, of how we could do it and how it was actually, it was super safe. Everyone is super friendly um, and, you know, that it was just not an issue. And they stayed at a treehouse hotel, which looks absolutely amazing. Like, how cool is that? So, um, so I think I'm putting Costa Rica on our list this year. And I would recommend you do it as well because it is, um, again, Southwest flies there. So you can use points to fly there for free. They did, did that. Um, so it's uh, easy to get there on Southwest and it's just a, it's a warm, beautiful, friendly, um, unique destination that I think is family friendly. Um, and that's just something out of the ordinary, um, different than the Caribbean. They have their, their beach and their coastal area as well. And I think that's probably be less what I'm interested in. Um, I would be interested more in the rainforest area and the volcanoes and seeing the wildlife and the things that are really unique about that country. Um, and it's funny, I was reading, uh, there's a Netflix special about um, living to a hundred and these different pockets around the world of people who have a higher population of people who live to be 100. And so they kind of did a deep dive about what do these different areas do, what's unique about them that might cause them to live to 100. And there is an area in Costa Rica, uh, and they showed a 
hundred year old cowboy, which was just jaw dropping. Like you would never in a million years guess this man was over a hundred years. So there's something about Costa Rica. They say Pura Vida, um, which I think means the good life. And so they have some secret there, I'm sure, about how to live the good life. And I want to check it out. All right. Number four on my list is Paris. Um, and I picked Paris for a couple reasons. <clears throat> it's hosting the Summer Olympics this year. Um, and it's certainly one of our favorite destinations. Um, I think it's just generally a hot spot right now. And it probably is going to be busy, though. So that's my only hesitation in putting it on the list. When we went last summer in June, it was busy for sure, but it wasn't unmanageable. Um, we were able to do everything we wanted to do. We didn't have to stand in. The longest line we stand in, I think, was for the Louvre uh, with time tickets, and that was probably a 30-minute wait. But that's manageable. You can do that. Um, so I probably, if it were me, would not go during the Olympics. Um, I would want to go sometime before or after, and you can still, I'm sure, enjoy all of the things that they have created in the parks and whatnot they've set up for the Olympics. Um, I've been to the Olympics when it was in Atlanta. And um, for me, it was nothing that I would want to try to navigate tons and tons of crowds again to see. But I know we do have members um, who are interested in going to the Olympics in Paris. So it's definitely a hot spot this year. There's tons and tons of things to do in Paris. Um, and I have two full webinars inside of Families Fly Free of all the different things you can see and do there, kind of both your uh, regular attractions, the Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre, um, and then some kind of off the radar things. So our second trip when we went last year, we really did some uh, more unique things. I really love history. And there's just the, the history there, you know, it's just unbelievable if you know where to look for it. And so I really did a lot of reading and studying before we went about where different historic things were located. Um, and so I was able to go and sleuth those out. But so much has happened in Paris um, that it's once you learn about it and you know you're walking on the same ground or walking through the same area where all these different things happen, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And <clears throat> the uh, Napoleon movie um, was also just out with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so that could stir some interest too. Certainly Napoleon is a very, very famous figure from France and um, built many monuments in Paris um, that you can see. So all these reasons I think add up to um, it's a good time to visit Paris, but I would say any time is a good time to visit Paris. Maybe not when they're having protests or um, strikes, but other than that, yes. All right. Last on our list is um, number five. And if you watched the TV series um, over the last couple of years called White Lotus, we finally sat down and watched that over the holiday break. And um, the first season is set on Maui. Um, both of them are both seasons are set at a four seasons resort. So the first one was in Maui um, and the second one was in Sicily. Um, and so Sicily is number five on my list. And I'm a longtime travel writer. And I've also in the past, I've um, handled media relations for all kinds of different um, travel companies, adventure travel companies like Wilderness Travel, um, Backroads, um, Intrepid. 
Austin Adventures. I've worked with a lot of those different companies um, over the years when I originally had my own public relations firm. But anyway, I have learned a lot about destinations around the world because of that and written a lot about destinations around the world as a writer and then working for these different companies that had tours um, and all these amazing spots. And so I was familiar with Sicily. We haven't ever been there, but I know it's an amazing place to visit. And they really, really highlighted it and showcased it in this second season of The White Lotus. Um, not kid-friendly, this show, so let me give you a heads up on that. But um, but the scenery, like Sicily, really is like a character in this show. And I mean, it's just absolutely stunning. Um, and for sure, it makes you want to go and visit it. But the reason Sicily, I mean, is, you know, it's it's like Italy on an island, right? Um, it's, I read, the largest island in Europe. It's um, in the Mediterranean at the bottom of Italy. And um, many years ago, I went to Malta and Gozo, which is a small island off of Malta, in that vicinity. So at the bottom of Italy in the Mediterranean, and those were unbelievably stunning. <laughs> so, and Sicily is only 50 miles from Gozo, I read. So I'm sure it has the same look and feel. And what's neat about Sicily is it has been influenced by so many different cultures over time, um, from the Greeks to the Romans, Spanish, French, and Arabic. And so this it has this diverse mix of architecture and historic ruins and different things to say and just culture and language. They have their own dialect that's common in Italy that they have different dialects in different places. Um, and so there's just a lot to see there. So they have, um, you know, these ancient Greek ruins, like the city of Syracuse was a was an ancient, big ancient city. Um, and so there's a Greek temple that looks like the Parthenon there. And you can see so many Greek ruins. So there's a Greek theater, which they showed in um, the White Lotus, which is um, from 3 BC which is, it's just amazing. And I think they still have concerts and stuff there today. So you can sit in this, you know, kind of ruins of a Greek theater and you have views of the water and you have views of Mount Etna, which is also on Sicily. And I think is the largest um, volcano. Maybe that's what it was. It's the largest volcano in Europe, not the largest island in Europe. I can't remember. Um, but so you have Mount Etna in the background. So, um, and there's Roman ruins there. There's just all kinds of different things to see. It's supposed to be easy to navigate by train once you're there. Um, and I was asking my Italian tutor how far it was. She lives in the Milan area uh, from her. And she was saying, you know, it's just like um, maybe an hour and a half flight. Can you imagine if in an hour and a half you could be in Sicily? It's so cool. <laughs> so it's going to take us from the U.S. a bit longer to get there. Um, but that Sicily for sure is on my list. Again, I love history and so much history there. I'm studying the Italian language, so it would allow me to practice that if I can understand their dialect. Um, but if you've seen White Lotus, I'm sure Sicily is probably already on your bucket list. So those are my recommendations for 2024. Um, hope that sparks some interest for you, makes you think um, maybe beyond some ideas that you had. And maybe these aren't things that you add this year, but you add them to your bucket list to do sometime in your life. And if you need help learning how to fly for free and stay for free and get to these places, 
super duper affordably, probably for less than what you're spending on one out-of-pocket vacation every year. Please come join us in Families Fly Free. We would absolutely love to help you. And um, one thing I wanted to mention as well is that in Families Fly Free, of course, we're teaching you how to fly for free, but we focus just as much on where to travel as we do on how to travel for less. And so as I've been mentioning throughout this podcast, we do have all of these webinars. We have tons of itineraries of um, led by members and uh, my team and myself after we've been to a particular destination, sharing all of our insight and our recommendations for what we saw and where we ate and you know how to get from the airport and how to rent a car or how to what the best transportation option is. So you have that as well um, as all of our as learning our teachings on how to fly for free. You also get access to all this great content. And I don't talk about that as much um, because I think that most people want to know that they're going to get their money's worth out of Families Fly Free. And that you do when you learn our process to fly for free. But you get all of this added stuff on top. And um, as I have talked about before, we have a community where folks are also sharing the trips that they are taking in our trip reports area, um, which is another fun place to just get inspiration and to dream about some of the different places that you can travel. All right, everyone. So be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking about our top U.S. destinations we recommend visiting in 2024. So we will see you then. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my Families Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless travel memories before your kids or even grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. You can get more information at FamiliesFlyFree.com.